today is May 15th. This is Verses in Flow. I'm Jennifer, and I am so honored to be your guide today as we navigate this rich tapestry that is the Word of God. I'm so humbled and grateful and honored that you decide to show up. Let's just walk hand in hand on this path of enlightenment and enrichment and self-discovery and fulfillment and transformation. Let's support and uplift each other as we grow in our faith and understanding. Let's pick up the plot where we left off yesterday. 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 1 through chapter 18 verse 4, the voice translation. Now the Philistines had gathered an army for battle at Soko, which is in the land of Judah, and they pitched their tents in Ephes Damim between Soko and Azekah. Unwilling to allow another Philistine invasion of their nations, Saul and the forces of Israel went out against them. They camped in the valley of Elah and formed ranks against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on one mountain and the Israelites on another with the valley between them. Then a champion emerged from the Philistine camp, Goliath of Gath, one of the five capital cities in the Philistine confederation, who was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet and a chainmail coat that weighed more than 100 pounds of bronze. His legs were protected by bronze shin guards, and he had a bronze javelin slung between his shoulders, ready to throw. The shaft of his spear was as thick as a weaver's beam. The iron head of his spear weighed 20 pounds, and his shield-bearer went ahead of him. He was a fearsome sight. Goliath stood and shouted to the watching Israelites, Goliath, why have you come to fight us? Am I not a Philistine, a warrior for a powerful empire? And don't you serve Saul, your so-called king? Choose yourselves a champion and send him out to me. If he kills me when we fight, then we will serve you. But if I defeat him and kill him, then you will serve us. Today I challenge the entire army of Israel. Send me someone to fight. When Saul and his army heard the Philistines' words, they were shocked and frightened. Note, no one compares physically to Goliath. A hand-to-hand -hand battle would be a slaughter, and the Philistines would conquer Israel anyway. Who can save them? David was the son of Jesse, an Ephrathite from Bethlehem in Judah, who had eight sons. At this time, Jesse was already an old man. Jesse's three oldest sons, Eliab the firstborn, Abinadab the second, and Shammah the third, had gone with Saul to the battlefield. David was the youngest son, and while the three oldest went with Saul, he went back and forth between Saul's battle and his father's sheep in Bethlehem, taking provisions to the troops and bringing word from the front line. For forty days, this Philistine giant, Goliath of Gath, stepped forward, challenging the men of Israel every morning and evening, but no one was brave enough to accept the challenge. Jesse to his son David, Take three-fifths of a bushel of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread to your brothers in the camp. Also, take these ten blocks of cheese to the commander of their company. See how your brothers are doing, and bring me some word from them. Saul, your brothers, and all the men of Israel are arrayed in the Valley of Elah, fighting against the Philistines. Note, the story of David and Goliath is one that has grown in popular attention, and many people who have never read the Bible know it as a simple story of the underdog defeating the favored warrior. 
Although there is another story of how David is noticed by the king when he was brought to Saul's court to play his music, in this story, David comes to the king's attention as God's warrior, contrasting Saul in almost every way. A mere boy, David doesn't trust in his own strength or in armor or in fancy weapons. David places his trust in God, and his courage comes from the belief that God can use him, as small as he is compared to his opponent, because God is all-powerful. David rose early the next morning, left the sheep in the care of another, took the provisions, and obeyed Jesse's instructions. David reached the camp just as the army was lining up and shouting its war cries. Both Israel and the Philistines prepared to fight against each other. David left the provisions with the person in charge of baggage. He ran to the front lines and shoved his way through the soldiers to greet his brothers. As David talked with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, emerged again and shouted his challenge to the men of Israel. This time, young David heard his words. When they saw Goliath, all the Israelites were frightened and retreated from him. Soldiers, have you seen this man who steps forward? He's trying to taunt Israel. Our king will reward the man who kills him with wealth, a royal marriage, and freedom for his entire family from taxation and obligation in Israel. David asking those around him, what is the reward for removing this insult from Israel by killing this man? No uncircumcised Philistine can get away with taunting the armies of the living God. Soldiers, You've heard what will be given to the man who kills him. We were just talking about it. David's oldest brother, Eliab, overheard this conversation and became angry with David. Eliab, why have you come down here? Who is watching your tiny flock in the wilderness? I'm your brother, and I know you. You're arrogant, and your heart is evil. You've come to watch the battle as if it were just entertainment. David, what have I done now? I was just asking a question. David ignored him and asked another soldier the same question, and the people gave him the same answer. When news of David's valiant words reached the king, Saul sent for David. David to Saul, Don't let anyone be frightened because of that man. I am your servant, and I will go and fight with him. Saul, Don't be ridiculous. You can't fight the Philistine. You're only a youth, and he has been a warrior since his childhood. You lack age and experience. David, I work as a shepherd for my father. Whenever a lion or a bear has come and attacked one of my lambs, I have gone after it and struck it down to rescue the lamb from the predator's mouth. If it turned to attack me, I would take it by the chin, beat it, and kill it. I have killed both a lion and a bear, and as your servant, I will kill this uncircumcised Philistine too, since he has dared to taunt the armies of the living God. The Eternal One, who saved me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, will save me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul, go then, and may the Eternal One be with you. So Saul outfitted David in the king's own armor, a bronze helmet to protect his head, and a coat of mail to protect his chest. David strapped on Saul's sword outside the armor and then discovered he could not move because he was not used to the restrictions of the weighty armor. David, I'm not used to these things. How can I attack an enemy when I can't even walk? 
So he removed every bit of Saul's armor. He would fight the Philistine as he had fought those lions and bears. He took his staff in his hand and went to the stream to choose five smooth stones, which he kept in a pouch in his shepherd's bag. He had his sling ready as he approached the Philistine. The Philistine, with his shield bearer in front of him, came closer to David. When he saw that David was only a healthy and handsome boy, Goliath's eyes filled with contempt. Goliath, am I a dog that you come to beat me with a stick? And he cursed David, invoking the names of his Philistine gods. Goliath, come here and I will feed your flesh to the birds of the air and the wild animals of the fields. David, You come to me carrying a sword and spear and javelin as your weapons, but I come armed with the name of the Eternal One, the Commander of Heavenly Armies, the true God of the armies of Israel, the one you have insulted. This very day, the Eternal One will give you into my hands. I will strike you down and cut off your head, and I will feed the birds of the air and the wild animals of the fields with the flesh of your Philistine warriors." Then all the land will know the true God is with Israel, and all of those gathered here will know that the Eternal One does not save by sword and spear. The battle is the Eternal One's, and He will give you into our hands. When the Philistines stood up and approached, David ran toward the line of battle to meet him. As quick as a flash, he reached into his bag, put a stone in his sling, and launched it at the Philistine, hitting him in the head. The stone sank deeply into his forehead, and the Philistine fell face first onto the ground. That was how David defeated the Philistine with only a sling and a single stone, striking him down, ending his life without a sword in his hand. Notes David's victory over Goliath sets in motion the rest of the story. The army of Israel wins a great victory over the panicked Philistines after David strikes down their champion, and David is elevated in the eyes of all, and soon will become Saul's leading general. But the seeds of the ongoing struggle between Saul and David are also sown on this day, as the people celebrate the good-looking boy's valor and heroism, filling Saul with jealousy. Soon Saul is thinking that David has everything but the kingdom's throne, and he turns on the boy who has saved his people. Their war destroys Saul and complicates David's life and eventual rule. Then David ran to the Philistine and stood over his lifeless body. He pulled the man's sword from his scabbard and finished him by cutting off his head. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they knew they would be next, so they ran away. The people of Israel and Judah gave a great shout and chased the Philistines the length of the valley and back to the gates of Ekron. And Philistines wounded in the battle fell all along the five miles of the Shariam Way, which ran between the Philistine capital cities of Gath and Ekron. Then the Israelites turned back from chasing the Philistines and plundered the Philistine camps. As the sons of Israel were distributing the spoils from the battle, David took the Philistine's head and went to Jerusalem, but he kept the man's armor and other possessions back in his own tent. Earlier in the day, as David was choosing his stones and bravely approaching the Philistine, Saul asked his cousin Abner, who was general of the army, where David came from. Saul, Abner, who is that young man's father? Abner, I swear to you, my king, I don't know. Saul, we'll find out who his father is. When David returned from killing the Philistine, Abner brought him in front of Saul holding the head of the Philistine. Saul, 
Who is your father, young man? David, I am the son of your servant Jesse of Bethlehem. By the time David had finished speaking to Saul, Saul's son Jonathan was bound to David in friendship, and Jonathan loved David as he loved himself. Saul took David into his service on that day and would not let him return to his father's home. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as he loved himself. He took off the robe he wore and gave it to David, and also his armor, sword, bow, and belt, symbolically transferring to David his right to ascend the throne. John chapter 8, verses 21 through 30. Jesus to the crowds, I am leaving this place, and you will look for me and die in your sin. For where I am going, you are unable to come. Jews, is he suicidal? He keeps saying, where I am going, you are unable to come. Jesus, you originate from the earth below, and I have come from the heavens above. You are from this world, and I am not. That's why I told you that you will die here as a result of your sins. Unless you believe I am who I have said I am, your sins will lead to your death. Jews, who exactly are you? Jesus, from the beginning of my mission, I have been telling you who I am. I have so much to say about you, so many judgments to render. But if you hear one thing, hear that the one who sent me is true, and all the things I have heard from him I speak into the world. The people had not understood that Jesus was teaching about the Father. Jesus, whenever the day comes and you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He. It will be clear then that I am not acting alone, but that I am speaking the things I have learned directly from the Father. The one who sent me is with me. He has not abandoned me because I always do what pleases him. As Jesus was speaking, many in the crowd believed in him. Psalm 111 Praise the Eternal. I will thank him with all my heart, in the presence of the right standing and with the assembly. The works of the Eternal are many and wondrous. They are examined by all who delight in Him. His work is marked with beauty and majesty. His justice has no end. His wonders are reminders that the Eternal is gracious and compassionate to all. He provides food to those who revere Him. He will always remember His covenant. He has shown the mighty strength of His works to His people by giving the land of foreign nations to them. All his accomplishments are truth and justice. All his instructions are certain. His precepts will continue year in and year out, performed by his people with honesty and truth. He has redeemed his people, guaranteeing his covenant forever. His name is holy and awe-inspiring. Reverence for the eternal is the first step toward wisdom. All those who worship him have a good understanding. His praise will echo through eternity. Proverbs 15, verse 11. The grave and destruction are fully exposed before the eternal. How much more does he know the thoughts of Adam's children? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word, and we thank you for this opportunity to read it and learn from it. Lord, we thank you for all the stories and the narratives that we're learning about. Lord, we thank you for showing us that nothing is impossible with you. We thank you that you are the light of the world, that you are worthy of all the praise and honor. And Lord, we thank you that you see our hearts and our minds. Lord, 
We ask that you would speak to us through your word today. Lord, help us to understand what it is you want us to know, feel, and do, and be. Lord, help us to trust you in every situation, to follow you wherever you lead us, to worship you with all our being, and to live in a way that pleases and honors you. Lord, we also pray for every person listening to this podcast, Lord, We pray that you would bless all of us with your grace and your peace. Lord, we pray that you would meet us, meet our needs and our desires according to your will. Lord, we pray that you would just draw us closer to you and make us more like you every single day. Lord, we love you. We honor you. We praise you. We extol you and we bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And our affirmation. I trust God to do what is best for me at all times. I know that He loves me and wants only the very best for me. I trust God to do what is best for me at all times. I know that He loves me and wants only the very best for me. And our aphorism, The size of your enemy does not determine the size of your victory. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for being on this epic adventure with me. You belong here and we belong together on this journey. I love you. And if God says the same, I'll be right here tomorrow waiting for you.